It's Superhero, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. The time is now 6.12 a.m. Today is Saturday, the 21st of May. Yachtly Crew is going to be playing at Solana, in uh, Solana Beach at the Del Sol Festival. Solana Beach is located nearby uh, San Diego a little bit. What you're about to hear in this episode are some interviews with Kristen and Alex. Alex is dating who we call Street Dog in Yachtly Crew. He handles merchandise, but mostly he's he's the drum tech. He he sets up uh, Sailor Hawkins drum drums. His girlfriend is Alex. Her friend is Kristen. And so I'm going to be talking with those two. You're going to hear that interview. This is outside of the Majestic Theater in Ventura when we played, I think it was last week, last weekend. And then you're going to hear an interview after that with Billy, who works there at the theater. Um, Then we're going to hear a piece about my buddy Jeff Littner, something about the Blues Brothers, and some very strange things I saw two nights ago. So, thank you for listening to Inspirato Projecto. Uh, Strap on your helmet of curiosity, and let's deep dive together, shall we? is that you have this whole history of witches in your family. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just getting the vibe that I, I think you need to dive further into your family's history. I think you, I feel that you, that, that there's something there that is calling to you that really wants to come forward to help progress your, your spiritual journey. I'm just, I'm just feeling that vibe. I mean, you have it in your family. After yeah, all. and I am talking with uh, my grandma and my great aunt Diane before they passed um, I would only ask them certain questions and my aunt Diane passed when I was like really young and she, the only thing that she left me was a book and um, an amethyst and an adventuring crystal. And do you still still have those? Yes I do. Good, Are they on Um, your altar of crystals? Yes and the book she left me was the book of shadows that I was talking about I still can't remember the author's name but when I was talking to my grandma about it, she's started explaining, like, um, the history of um, how white witches were kind of throughout our family. And then she was talking about one of the ancestors on the witch trials. I kind of felt like that connection oh. between, like, kind of like past experiences that went through them. And when, the night my grandma passed, um, me, my mom, and my little brother, and my dad were all in the room surrounding her. And... 
the trippiest thing was like I didn't feel like it was only just us in there. I felt my Aunt Diane. And her energy was super specific because she was so spiritual. Like, she always said uh, before um, she would leave on a trip, she would always say, like, hey, I'm surrounding you with, like, this protective bubble, um, and I'm always going to be around you. Wow. That's why I was so fascinated that the fact that my grandma passed, it felt like my Aunt Diane was there kind of to hold her hand and to show her the afterlife. Oh, my gosh. And, like, help her steer through the astral to where she needed to be. It was insane. And I also felt my grandpa there, too, because my grandpa uh, passed two years before, and that was really devastating for my grandma. We thought she was going to pass first because she was the one with, like, four different type of cancers riddling her body. My grandpa just randomly dropped. But she always kept something of my grandpa always in her bag, so it always felt like, you know, he was kind of around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the energy of my grandma was always super rapid throughout my house, and I never knew it because literally on my kitchen table that's, like, by our garage was her ashes, and I never knew for years. Whoa. And I was like, that's why I've been feeling her so vividly, and also throughout my dog, Callie, too. And my dog... Callie she's always in my room she's always sitting in front of my altar I swear that she sees stuff that I don't even see and feels stuff that oh, I yeah, don't the feel. dogs and the cats right they see that stuff and I never believed it because I had I got Callie we rescued her from this lady that was about to like euthanize her because she was really old the lady was about to pass and she's like hey do you want a free dog oh. I don't know what to do with her oh I'm so glad you, you saved her yeah it was totally random and we had her for only six months before my grandma passed the night that we got home from the hospital after my grandma passed I was sleeping on the couch, my mom was sleeping on an air mattress, and Callie usually sleeps with me, she usually cuddles up with me, and ever since that day, she jumped from the couch onto the air mattress with my mom and stayed with her all night, and since then, Callie has never left her side. Incredible. And Callie and my grandma got along, and they always, like, kind of hung out with each other, but ever since that night, I think my grandma, like, said, hey, I need you to watch over her for me. And ever since then, Callie has been on my mom's hip because she was always on my hip. She always stayed with me because I was the one that brought her home. But ever since then, she's just like, nope, I'd rather stay with mom. It's interesting. It's been said that animals go towards the people who need their help the most, mm-hmm. you know, who really who really need getting through things mm-hmm. at, at that moment the most. Um, what? Okay, so you were you're, you're talking earlier about you know, the rooms that you got into. Um, what would you say is the first, like first domino that started you in that direction of really diving deep into runes and learning how to read them um it was probably throughout my ex Bronson since he was super into spirituality Mm. and his mom was actually really really spiritual as well since you know they had um back in Utah I was talking about earlier how there was a lot of hauntings around Tremont Utah and that their family dream was super haunted so they got more into learning about spirituality and they kind of separated from the Mormon church um they were not like cut out for that I guess um huge Mormon family and like since they moved to when they moved to California they separated from that so they got really into spiritualism and when I met him um after I got really into it I wanted to learn more so I learned about runes because I have Nordic blood in me I decided to look it up yes me too no shit yeah (laughs) that's cool and um so I started I'm like those symbols are really cool and I was like oh they have different meanings they're named after different gods and goddesses of the Nordic um Nordic culture and I was like 
okay, I want to learn a little more about paganism. And I was like, okay, I want to start writing sentences in Elder Futhark. And I was like, okay, because Anglo-Saxon was so common. Oh, this is my friend that loves crystals. Awesome. She was well. just talking about you. It's me, wife. Hi. <laughs> so, was t- that was Isaiah. What's up? I'm Stony Shores. Pleasure to meet you. I'm Kristen, the wifey. We're yeah. just having highly vibrational cosmic conversations right now. I'm talking about runes. And um, so, God, what was I saying last? Uh, oh, oh yeah, the brain scratches actually kind of helped me for a second. So I was like, oh, I want to start writing in it. And since everyone was talking about Anglo-Saxon, how common it was, because I used to see like posts on Tumblr in like 2014 that were like people being witches. And I say that in air quotes because a lot of them have fake information or they ah. try to um, enhance it's, You can it. tell the ego is pushing them rather than the actual information. Yes. So and that's why I wanted to learn about Elder Futhark since it's a really old and dead language. Um, but it was still able to be read and it was still able to be written, but you can't say, um, speak in it. It's kind of like how Latin's a dead language. Mm. This is how Elder Futhark was. And learning more and more about that, I learned kind of the meanings behind everything, like how, um, the rune algae is, uh, means protection, um, and knowing what the gods represented throughout the letter and then, um, how... Just kind of how everything kind of like tied in together. Have you ever written poetry in uh, runes? I actually have not. I've only like copied stuff from books. I've written love letters in it, um, but not like actual poetry. Actually, that's kind of something I want to start doing. And I'm thinking too, how cool would that be if you wrote, like this just popped into my brain, if you wrote it, like, I don't know if you write (laughs) lyrics, if you're a musician or not, but that would be interesting if if musicians were to write lyrics in in runes. You know, and how powerful that might be. Real quick, I saw this up on the wall. Is that a rune? <laughs> Which Do you one? see that back there? Is that a rune? Uh, nothing. I have no clue. I don't no. Like an upside down rune or something, or no? Uh, I think that's just the structure. Yeah, no, I don't oh. think. That, that, that. That doesn't look like anything of Elder Futhark. Yeah, no, if it was like slanted down, it could be, um, it could be representing the letter A, but no, not really. There would be random stuff like how, um, like how I was mentioning earlier, the Runel Gies, it looks like a Y with a um, post in the middle of it. And a lot of buildings, a lot of structures have that normally. And that's why I would see it a lot. That's why I was so super drawn to that rune because growing up, my childhood was like not the best. I've been through hell and back with either relationships, my parents, drug use. And I always thought of this rune. And I always thought maybe something out there is trying to show me and protect me from my maybe what's about to come next. And it wasn't recently until I started kind of like taking it in and really projecting it where it, it felt like my life was kind of kind of working out on its own. Mm. Where I felt like someone was behind me helping me through. Because how I see spiritual, uh, spirituality is that, you know, there's some, there's some major creator in the world and there's... It's either one major creator or a bunch of them or both, right? Mm. Like different gods and goddesses, different entities, etc. I always see spirituality as that they're showing you kind of like the door of everything. They're showing you what's behind the door. There could be greatness. There could be learning materials. There could be the path to like whatever's golden in the world. Mm. But they're saying at you like, if you want to go through this door, we're not going to push you through it. Like a lot of religions kind of push you to do certain things. Right. We want and you to walk through. Right. We want you to be powerful enough, to be strong enough, to hold yourself up and walk through it yourself. 
And that's kind of how I view spirituality and wanting to get into it. So anyone can get into it. It's just that they really want to enhance themselves. It's interesting that you're saying that because what's happened in my brain right now is it seems like it's the uh, it's the things that are. Um, I guess you're telling me this. It feels like it's the true things are the things that are most hidden. Like it's an Easter egg. Like you have to. It's like it's totally like you're saying. It's totally up to you. Like mm-hmm. okay, if you want to learn this this ancient knowledge. You have to just simply start moving towards it, and it's totally up to you. We're not going to lead you down it, but it's here for you in case you want to learn about it, in case you want to be educated on it, right? Yeah. And um, you two are going to get sushi. I don't want to hold you back. This is very fast. <laughs> I took it like before this, so like I, I can hold it. I yeah, and I just had like that shake that had like a whole banana in it, so it's just like. Oh, a did, lot. You go to, did you go to blenders? Yeah, for the first time ever. But yeah, she. Well, what's funny is that she actually taught me a lot about herbs and stuff because I never knew anything about like um, dealing with herbs and oils and stuff I was only into crystals and runes she and she probably has one on her right now is a spell jar and she has crystals all over her too what kind of crystal is that this one yeah this is a selenite and this is oh this is a tourmaline black tourmaline Oh, okay. We were just talking about selenite. What's that other thing? There's a third one. Oh, that's this right is, uh, it's a spell jar, like she said. Oh, it's a jar. Oh, yeah. it's a spell jar. That's it's a it it's a heart shaped jar, and I made it with like just normal things that you can get out of like your cabinet. Like I put salt and lavender and stuff and stuff like that. Uh, the kind of intentions that I want in my my everyday life. talking earlier about the intentions like the tarot cards oh, she has no yeah i told you i have a whole bunch of them at home yes. yeah i wanted yeah. to get those and i was saying the intention of the tarot cards and we were talking about it earlier and kind of like they kind of did project on what we were kind of going off of and it kind of like told me what i was going to experience today and i didn't really believe it at first even yeah. though it's accurate most of the time and next thing you know oh my god it actually happened <laughs> me buying the the what is it called the labyrinth tarot card deck Oh, that's right. Wait, wait, tell me more, please. I bought I bought a lab, a tarot card deck from Target, and it's from like the movie Labyrinth with like David Bowie. Okay, and everything please tell like me that. more because I got a story on the side, but I want to hear you play <laughs> this forth. I haven't played with it yet, so I don't know anything about. I don't know the personality of the tarot card deck. I don't know if it has any deities behind it or anything like that. I don't know the personality that it wants to bring to me. This is fascinating. You know, yeah. it's so beautiful. The fact that you brought that up, uh-huh. I so. I was living with my sister and she, one of her friends gave her a bunch of like old clothes and she was like, she's like, would you wear this? And she walked out of her bedroom and it was David Bowie's face from Labyrinth. I go, are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> so what was interesting I was. the Goblin King. Yeah. And so I was wearing that shirt and then a couple days later, Yachtly Crew went out to play out in like Arizona or somewhere. Right. And, uh, and on my podcast, I was talking about, you know, getting this shirt and everything. So. I, I do this meditation exercise, which is kind of like, you know, it's it's a cube. It, it's, this, it's this cube. You follow it with your eyes and you say certain things. And right. It's, it keeps, it brings about synchronicities and right. it really makes you realize, you know, what you're manifesting in your reality. So what happened was, Paulie Shores, who's in this band, he's like, um, I heard your podcast about Labyrinth. He's like... He's like, and you're, you're doing this meditation exercise right now. I'm just going to go outside and I'm just going to, you know, meet me outside. I'm like, okay. So he ended up texting me and he's like, meet me outside. I went to meet him outside and he walked past wherever the pool was and he went through a, like a door 
and apparently it was a door to this hiking trail. And we, he never would have found this hiking trail if, unless he would have explored it. Right. So I go, okay, I'll meet you out there at the hiking trail. So we go out there and we're going to the hiking trail and, and at the end of this hiking trail, there's this sign and it says labyrinth. And what it is, it's a stone labyrinth and it goes 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 and it goes, and it goes right in the, in the middle. And the whole idea is that you leave everything behind and you simply walk through this labyrinth with your intentions you know it's just little stones yeah and i'm going like, this is astounding like this is, and I, yeah and i'm like this is astounding because i just got that t-shirt a few days ago <laughs> and now here i am in front of this real life labyrinth <laughs> who would have expected that and i just got back from this meditation which is kind of like a labyrinth because it because the you know the stone yeah. thing it goes brr, 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 it and i just connected. done this i just done this meditation exercise where i follow with my eyes and i'm following with my feet and it was just an astounding thing. It's so thank mind, you for body, bringing up. Soul. Yes. So thank you for bringing up the labyrinth thing. Of course, it's another cosmic high five from the universe. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Oh, it's so good. I love I'm glad that, that you two have each other to be able to share these kinds of experiences with because it, when it does, it's like it keeps raising that vibration. It keeps, mm -hmm. you know, keeps making more and more of these things possible. When it becomes commonplace, then it just happens all the time, doesn't it? And being on See what happened right when you did that? What? Right when you did that, there was a ah! Yeah. <laughs> right, right? That was awesome. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, labyrinths, baby. We're talking about labyrinths. Like, oh my god. I'm but yeah, um, it's funny because like my wavelength usually is like calm and collective around people, but when I'm with her, our wavelengths connect so well that it only can go up. Like, we Phenomenal. get super hyper with Phenomenal. each other. We get super manic with each other. It's because we connect so well that we're yes. constantly circling around each yeah. other. And there's only positivity to it's be kinda, spread. It's kind of like a, a, was it, uh, a twin flame kind of thing where, like, they match so well mm -hmm. that it's just, like, inseparable kind of thing. Yeah. And what's cool is because you two have a great harmony together, what's interesting is you're actually getting closer and closer to touching what source actually feels like. You know, the fact that you two are giddy, the fact that you two are playful, the fact that you two are excited uh, and experimenting with life as we know it and mm -hmm. manifesting reality. I mean, my God, what better way to manifest reality than with someone else who's who's just as excited about that? And then both of you can celebrate that moment when it happens, right? Exactly. Yeah, because people sometimes mistake that Twin Flames is always just like a relationship, a soulmate, a soulmate yeah. or a relationship type thing. But not many people know that you can actually find your Twin Flame even amongst just regular people even like a soulmate but like as just like a platonic soulmate but people always think of it as a relationship like romantic thing but it, there's various forms like in the same way that people say i love you it can mean friendship like uh relationship family, family. like it can mean a lot of different or ways. just a simple love for a pet yeah. but not many people know that it expands into so much yeah. other things so I always say that she is my twin flame because of how well our energies match and how it can only go up into a different, like almost a different realm when it comes between us because my energy switches completely when I'm with her. Like we get really loud together. We get really happy. We get laughing. We'll cry we cry together literally. At the, we'll be like, are you sad? I'm we're sad. We're so synced. It's almost scary. Yeah. Do you two how find that you encounter a lot of synchronicities together? Oh, yeah. Our periods even sync together. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, exact same day. When she starts, I'm starting. We warn each other at this point. Incredible, like, hey, guess what? <laughs> incredible. Mm -hmm. 
Incredible. Yeah. Or like, so you two had made a soul contract before coming down to Earth, and now you found each other. How cool is that? Yeah. And what's funny is that uh, a few months ago, actually, I was like crying my eyes out. She was with one of our other friends, and she looks at her friend, I guess, and she's like, I should call Kristen. And so as I'm about to call her, because I'm crying my eyes out over something personal, she calls me, and I'm like, I was about to call you. Yeah, and like my phone was down. Brilliant. Brilliant. Pause for a second. I want to show them real quick. This is like your only chance. Come see, but come check out the stage before it's okay. packing up or busy. What he's, he's running a what? Running a paracon, paranormal con. A convention right in here? Uh huh. So okay, how many? What kind of things have you seen here since working here? Oh, I used to have a different footprint, so I had a big analog board. Sat right here. Yeah. And in history, somebody fell from the top. What? Clipped their neck and head. Whoa. Here splat, and their head like disjointed, and they died here. So, so they I fell had, from way up there, yeah. smacked their head on this, and, and died right here. Right, died right here. So I'd be sitting here, and somebody like nudge me in the ribs. What? Around. I'd have like a stool with no back on it. Nobody's there. And you'll feel it. You'll yeah, feel it. Feel it. It's like the. Stab you in the ribs. How many times have you felt that through the years? Oh, a number of times. Once I change this footprint, though, I don't think they stray out of a certain radius here. So I haven't really hit it since I moved the operation oh over there. Oh, my gosh. Yes, sir. Sorry. Uh, probably seven is usually doors. Uh, for you guys, we'll, uh, we'll probably throw Brian up whenever you want. Yeah. And then just, you know, clear him away so you guys are all clean to go back in line, check, make sure everything's intact. If he wants to do, if he wants to do, if he wants to do like 45, he can start at 745, 830. I just want to give ourselves 30 minutes for the change so whatever he wants to do. I'm right on. That. Well, uh, it's kind of up to you and Rob as to dictating when, how long you want your opener to be and when you want him to go. Okay, yeah. But we generally do doors at 7. Okay. Then it gives people... Time to acclimate, get a drink, and get yeah, ready. Right. Yeah, we want to get those drinks sold. <laughs> right on. Uh, and then, yeah, as long as he's done by 8.30. I'll talk to Rob and see if he's cool. Just Brian might want to do longer than a half hour. Right on. I'm fine. Man. That's fine. Cool. Once, once you guys are all good and you roll through your stuff, then I'll go set up know, Brian a line for his acoustic yeah. and his vocal down the center. Okay, and cool. I'll strike that when you guys are getting ready to go on. I'll give you the high sign when they're all wrapped up. Right on. So in the 26 years that you've worked here, in, in addition to this spot that you've come across paranormal, paranormal activity, where else have you in this, in oh, this place? Oh, all, all over the place now. Really? I've been, I'll walk in and I kind of greet them. I'm not really afraid of the dark. Oh, thank you. Oh, Baya, Abaya. Yeah, oh, so as the dark goes in here, I've walked into this place, just pitch black, and I just greet them. I go, hey kids, how's everybody today? And just walk on through. But, how many how many spirits do you think are in here? Uh, I'd say there's at least eight, but there could be up to like 13, 14. Whoa! Yeah. There's a couple of things that walk around up in here. Really? Not the one that just fell and went splat. Then there's a lady that walks across the balcony. I'll show you where that yeah, goes. Yeah, please. So, this is fascinating. When, when they first started this theater, like in 28, yeah. uh, there was a guy that... 1928? Yeah, 1928. Whoa. So 
So the guy went up on a super high extension ladder yeah. to change bulb that he didn't, there's a winch on that. You can bring it down, but it takes forever. Then you gotta go up the ceiling, come back down, fix it, go back up and pull it up. So he went up on a ladder, he fell. It used to be seated because it was silent uh, pictures in vaudeville. Oh so yeah. So the whole place was seated. So he broke himself on the installed seats. Oh gosh. Two weeks later, his wife came in and dove off the balcony. I think that's oh. who I see crossing oh. there. Oh my gosh. You see silhouette of a woman. I've hit it with a really? light and there's nobody there. Really? And then there's a couple wandering around out here. We got one prankster we call Eddie, who kind of like likes to push people. So people are falling down the stairs that Really? Are going, what just happened? And then there's uh, up there where the exit sign is on that side. Yeah. That's a little walk down thing. And there's a guy in there, like probably 30s, 40s era. Everybody says he's got a pinstripe suit. He lights a cigarette, puffs the cigarette, and then disappears with the smoke. Whoa, <laughs> so, whoa. And then there's orbs floating around in here because I've been out in the house and shut down the lights. And you see something going, whoa. Some certain path. Incredible. But yeah, there's shit all over in this place. Wow, uh, man. Up behind that drape past the balcony, there's the old projection room. And there's stuff in there. You hear little kids giggling in the distance and weird oh, stuff. Oh, man. There's stuff all over this So place. it's interesting that different people match up with the same stories. Mm-hmm. That's something to pay attention there's to. There's also out in the upper lobby, like when you go up the staircase. Yeah. There's something out there. I term the what ghost because I was up there metering power. So we yeah. can do some guys, other things up there. Watch your faces, guys. I'm going to test these. Oh, boy. Something was like right there and went, what? And so I came Whoa. down. I went ahead and I go, I'm metering things. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm metering things. Leave me alone. <laughs> and so I came down and told them in the office. I went, the what ghost is kind of uh, active today. And they sent this uh, kid up to do some cleaning. A couple of days later, he came screaming out of the place. And they went, what happened? Something over my shoulder went, what? Oh my God! So he did that like two days after I was up there. But I, my family, my maternal side of the family is pretty prone to that. So, oh really? So They're in I'm, tune to that, and they. I'm I'm used to seeing things and hearing things going on, and just address them and go, okay, leave me alone. I'm doing something. Right, right. <laughs> that's incredible. What's your name? I'm Billy. Billy, thank you so much for that story. Oh my God, that's but incredible. Yeah, there's a bunch. So the guy that died trying to do the chandelier, I think that's his wife that crosses that threshold. Mm -hmm. I see a silhouette of a woman over there. Incredible. This is fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Another great ghost story here at the Ventura Majestic Theater. Here's your fun fact. You can use Star Wars collectible coins as real money. The tiny South Pacific island of Niue accepts limited edition Star Wars collectible coins as legal tender. So on your next vacation to Niue, be sure to bring some of your coins if you're in need of buying lunch and you're all out of money. Okay, stay tuned Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts. What you just heard there uh, are a couple 
of interviews with some fine folks over at the Ventura Majestic Theater where Yachtly Crew played last night. And uh, wow, what a show. What a show. The vibes were spectacular. Oof. You know, it's so interesting. Like sometimes it just doesn't matter how many people are in the audience. What matters is the participation of whatever audience is there. And I think that's the main important thing. That is the main important thing. We've heard it time and time again. Yes, it sounds like a cliche. Um, quality versus quantity. Yes. It sounds like a cliche. And you know what? That's why cliches are so phenomenal. Because it's almost like in order, this is what I've learned through my life, is that in order for a cliche to mean something to me, to actually feel relatable to me, is I first have to live through something. And then, oh, there are those ravens. There are those ravens. There they are. Oh, one, two, three, four of them now. Four of them. Oh my God, this is great. I saw one as I was walking yesterday um, up to the train station to meet up with Matthew McDonald to drive us to the show last night. I saw one, one of them. I believe one of these is the same. I believe these, one of these is this, these are the same ravens that um, were hanging out on my telephone pole in front of my house at one day. So every time I see him on the ground, I try to say something to him. So ideally, so ideally they recognize me. I mean, that would be my dream to have raven friends, crows, crow friends. These are very smart birds, very, very, very smart birds. So back to the cliche thing. Um, It's like you have to live through it in order to understand what the cliche means. Because otherwise the cliche is just some, some, par- some I was going to say parable. I don't know. Otherwise the cliche is just words that are said. Um, and it's, it's interesting when you live through a thing and then you go, oh, oh, that's what that is. Oh my gosh, more and more of these buildings are just like they're being broken into. People are sneaking into these places. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah, the other building that I, as I was as I was talking to my podcast the other day, the one building that burned down and now this other building that's next to it. Someone just broke through the wall. I see the windows up up there. So someone is living in there. Someone's living inside that building. Um, but yeah, like with cliches, it's like you have got to first live through it. And then you realize, oh my gosh, I just lived through a cliche. Like that's what that means. That's what that's all about. So now when you think of that cliche again, the cliche, it's a poem. It, 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 it contains everything within it that that whole experience encompasses. It's really intriguing. So, you know, that's that whole idea. Quality versus quantity. Would you rather have four really 
really tight friends where you feel like you're in your element and everybody gets to be themselves and everyone's voice is heard, everyone is considered. Um, that person's inspirations are as important as this person's inspirations. When that person feels the intuition to move forward, these other people move along with them because they're moving along as one organism. I talk about this all the time. It's just like, it's just reoccurring, you see. So, with this quality aspect, um, it was a s smaller group, I guess, than, than aud smaller audience size than some folks were expecting. Um, I guess the website did not reflect the new changes. The website, apparently, in order to get in there, you had to have a vaccine, proof of vaccine, or something like that, negative tests, all that razzmatazz, uh, and they didn't change it on the website. So that deterred many people from showing up to the show. Uh, even though they had done away with those requirements. So uh, I think there were maybe 600 people there. It holds about 1,200. And what's interesting was the night before we played, um, 311 was there. And so a couple of our guys went out to see 311 play. And uh, I just think that's so cool. Because, you know, you've heard me talk about it before. We've... We've been on a 311 cruise, and these guys are just great guys. They've got great, just great spirits, positive. And um, it's very exciting to know that we are playing the same stages as those guys. It just feels so good. And then when you're, you're there and you're just soaking in the vibes of that place and realizing, whoa, man. Pearl Jam played here you know all these other different bands played on this stage so in addition to the to the vibes that you've got going on there you got the vibes of all the bands that have played there before in addition to that you got all the vibes of all those spirits all the paranormality that's going on that's all conjured up within that cosmic soup so I was very excited to hear these folks talk about their paranormal experiences uh, at, at the Majestic and that's, what, that's just what I love doing whenever we go to these theaters I gotta check in ask them about ask them what they've seen what they've heard find out what you know what kind of situations they've got into and when you, you find these situations where two or more people explain the same kind of haunting experience in a particular area of a building and they go whoa I've, I've experienced that same thing something to pay attention to, you know? All right, I'm just, uh, I'm nearing the grocery store now. One of the rules of thumb is to eat before you go grocery shopping. That way you don't overshop. So I did not eat, did not follow that rule. We'll see what happens. I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's going to happen here. I'll talk to you more later. Thanks for listening to Inspirato Projecto. All right, today that sound again remember when we heard that sound didn't we didn't we hear that in one of the episodes that loud boom could very well be a uh, a dumpster maybe 
and those big dumpsters, and they're just bah, slam on the roof. Um, so today is right now. It's four. So it's the seventeenth. It is uh, four fifty-three p.m. And Jamie Lee Wise, my old buddy, he's directed me in a few plays. Uh, I met him at Columbia College. Uh, he lives out in Culver City, and he'll be my new roommate. Can't remember if I told you, but my sister has uh, my sister has left. She's living with her fiance now. So I've been dealing with the rent for the past few months. And this would be great. This would be great to get to get half of that rent paid again. So um, I'm up going up to the store right now to get some 9-volt batteries for the uh, door for the uh, garage door clicker thing and uh, cleaning up cleaning up making room for them Yachtly Crew has a show on the 21st I believe Solana Beach let's see let me take a look at this just for kicksters just for kicks let's see on the 21st. I don't, I don't want to give you some false information in case you want to come out and see the show. This is, in fact, our Anchors Up tour. Uh, the 21st, yeah. Live at Fiesta del Sol, Solana Beach, California. Fiesta of the soul, of the sun, and of the soul. So, um, it's a free one. How cool is that? It's free. I assume it's all ages. I'd love to see you out there. That is, uh, maybe this podcast will make it out there before the 21st. We shall see. So, uh, Jamie Lee is moving in the 25th. I've been informed by, by my buddy Darren Tunder, who I also went to Columbia College with. He, and, he knows Jamie Lee. In fact, he was directed in plays by Jamie Lee Wise. Uh, he asked me if I wanted to substitute teach his improv class for Wednesday and Thursday and uh, he's going to let me he's going to let me uh, borrow his car throughout those days so I don't have to spend all day on public transportation I love that idea I'm so excited I finally got part three of the interviews with Cristo Rapolo the ufologist and Martin Schmidt, the historian and renovator of the Golden State Theater in Monterey. I got that episode up. Uh, I still have two parts to upload with the Mystery Man and one more part to upload with the Foxes, which is Desert Fox from Cannabis Conundrum podcast and also... uh, his wife, Foxy Lady, from Awesome Sauce Radio Podcast. So that'll be great, getting those up, getting those up. Uh, very good friend of mine, Jeff Littner, passed away. He transitioned into the great unknown um, almost a week ago now. And I just saw a, I wasn't able to be in town for it because I had the Yachtly Crew show but I saw a memorial. They posted it to 
YouTube, and I just watched that today. Of course, I got teary-eyed thinking about Jeff. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal spirit. Jeff was such a phenomenal spirit. I mean, I remember meeting him. First time I ever saw him it was probably like a sophomore year in high school, and he was up there in the bleachers all by himself reading um, Henry Miller novels. There's the trilogy, Sexus, Plexus, Nexus, and he was up there reading it. Very much a scholar, very well read. Uh, it was astonishing to meet such an old soul at that age. And uh, all throughout the years, you know, he, we sent each other Facebook messages and stuff. But long ago, long ago, he was trying to impress a girl in Chicago. And um, he was at her apartment and she, she shot up heroin. And he did too. And from that moment forward, for the next several decades, he was in and out of rehab and a lot of trouble. So... That's what we're suspecting happened to him this time around. Uh, So please, folks, please stay far away from heroin, please. And cocaine and crack, for that matter. Stay far away. Um, All right, I'm almost here. I'm going to get my batteries. I'll talk to you uh, a little bit in a little bit here. This is crazy. I got all the way here and I realized I didn't carry any 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 way of paying for this. So now you're going to go for a walk with me. Back from where back from where I came. But Jeff Littner uh gosh, such a such a great soul and he would send me these these long Facebook messages of his uh, reviews and critiques of new albums, new bands. And he'd be like, hey, now. He'd always start it off, hey, now. And uh, go down this huge, like, deep rabbit hole about all the, all the ex- extraordinary things concerning these particular bands. And uh, I kept telling him, man, you, you know, you got to get, just get a, just get a, uh, an anchor, you know, I always put anchor.fm. That's what I use right now to make my podcast. It distributes it everywhere. Maybe you're listening to this on iTunes. Maybe you're listening to it on Spotify. I don't know. But uh, it distributes everywhere through Anchor. And I, I just kept, kept telling him, my gosh, dude, you, you would do phenomenal with a podcast. You, you're so good at improv. You're so great with speaking off the cuff. And if you were to... Um, talk about these albums you know you'd have such an interesting perspective and poetic way of explaining this stuff I think you'd, you'd be able to enlighten a lot of people and I think also inspire them to go out and get these albums to listen to them on Spotify I remember the first time I saw him in a play it was Women in Wallace which is basically a one-man show. It was, uh, there were a few, you know, it was about, it was about a guy who had women trouble. And, um, he was basically on stage the whole time. It was one of those black box theater, uh, plays. One of those black, black box, yeah, black box plays. 
which basically means it's the bare minimum. You don't really have too many props up there. There's, there's not... You, it, you really have to fill in, you use your imagination to fill in this stuff. Like with improv, it's pantomiming. You're pretending you're holding these things. You're giving life to the, to the reality of this thing. So that'll be exciting to uh, substitute teach for Darren. Teach the improv. That'll be great. Get some, get some bucks in my pocket. Um, by the way, if you... Oh, and this was the thing, too. It was great. It was so awesome at the, at the memorial. They, they mentioned the insomniacs. Jeff told him that he, he, he was, uh, he called himself and J, uh, my buddy Jason Carr, who lived with me for several years. Those two guys were like Jack and Cody from On the Road, I swear. Um, Insomniacs is the name that I gave a group of poets, actors, musicians, uh, it was named after uh, a um, Tom Waits song, Nighthawks at the Diner. He's talking about the insomniacs in there. Jimmy Byron told us about that. Jimmy Byron, me, Jeff Littner, Jason Carr, Sangini Brombat, Brandon Trapp, Brian and Steve Wisniewski, the twins, Steve Zabel. Paul Sutton. These were all guys who would meet in the Wisniewski's garage, usually on the weekends, and we would we would read our writings to each other. We'd read them to each other, and we'd, and we'd you know give each other critiques. We'd talk about what's cool about it, or or directions that we we could imagine it going in. And uh, oh, it was just such a wonderful exercise. It was so great, and so we called ourselves the Insomniacs. Jamie Lee Wise was a part of the Insomniacs. Um, he didn't go out to the readings, but he was sort of an unofficial member because um, there was a project I was putting together called the Folder Project. And each of us had a folder. Each of us had a folder that we put either a phrase or a name onto. And the idea was to um, write probably, I don't know, five things that had to do with that particular subject. And so every week I'd collect the other people's folders and I'd pass them on to the other person. And then that person would go, oh, okay, that's what that folder is. And then they'd write something about it. And um, so that was when I was, go- I was going to Columbia College at the time. So I was bouncing back and forth between the suburbs of Carroll Stream where um, the Wisniewski's lived, where we were doing the readings in Columbia College. And um, it was just really nice to hear them mention the insomniacs at his his memorial, because I know how important that was to him and all of us. And even my buddy Chuck Plath, who he and I used to draw together late into the night, he and Phil Donlin and I, we'd sit at his at his uh, at his table in his kitchen we'd draw and laugh and 
do all kinds of you know, funny impressions and stuff we draw. And Chuck Plath was there, and he actually mentioned me in the memorial. So that really felt good to know that my spirit was there among these guys. Gosh, I wish I could have. I could have been there, you know. There, 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 there are certain sacrifices that are made in certain arenas, and uh, that was one. You know, that was one right there that I had to sacrifice and not uh, be there with everyone. Why are you? How you doing? Good, how are you doing? Good. I love this place. Every time I take my cat out here, every once in a while I'll go out in the garbage, you know, and I'll let my cat out here and he likes to run around and uh, sometimes we'll play in the sunbeam. But dude, he loves this and he just, he, he, he's declawed. And it's like, I don't know what it is about that texture, but it must feel real good to him. And he'll just like, he'll just hang out there. You know, and every, sometimes I'll hear a stir in there and I'm like, oh gosh, come on, we gotta go. You know, it's like, I don't want you guys to be surprised and I want him to be surprised, but he, he loves that little spot right there, dude. You're the staring, probably the other cat I have my cat. Oh, you got a cat. Yeah, oh. So he comes to the door. Oh. That guy hears anything and he runs up to the door. He's oh, like, dude, so your cat probably hears my cat yeah, out there. Yeah, Since they both got the cat vibe, you know. Yeah. Oh my God, that's awesome. What's your name? Rolly. Oh, I'm Kurt. Kurt? Nice to meet you, nice officially. Meet you, yeah, every once in a while, I'll just take, you know, like if I have to go down and I have to take down the laundry or if I get the mailbox or something, I'll just carry my cat with him just so he can see a different environment, yeah. you know? He's probably thinking to himself, what the heck? This is a huge house, you know? <laughs> like, I <laughs> think they don't let me anywhere else. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Mine sits at the window and I give the people upstairs across from us. Oh, yes. Yeah, so your cat's got like a like a little television. Oh my god! Oh, that's great. And he looked at the birds and. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, he makes a little little with his mouth. It's funny how they do that, right? When they see the birds. And when they cry like like little kids, bro. Oh yeah! Like at first, I was like. Dude, sometimes do you ever hear your cat go like hello? Like they sound like a little human, and you're going, you're speaking. You're like you're speaking to me right now. I don't know if it's me or it is like that because. My daughters say mom, mom all the time, right? So then it was a kid. Mm, mm, sounds like exactly So your cat's like imitating. So I'm like, what the fuck? Dude. And it was him. And I opened the door, run in. Oh my God, that's incredible. Oh my like, God. He's probably trying to fake you out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> See you later, man. It's awesome. That guy lives uh, not across from my door, but down, down a little bit. And uh, it was cool. See? Look at that. You never know when you have to take a detour. You never know what might be the real thing, the real reason for that detour. Isn't that interesting? Wow. <laughs> wow. Just amazing. You never know. So look at I met my neighbor. It's so funny. Ever since I moved... To this building, to, to the building, I've I've always had it in my mind, and I, you know I've never done it, but I think maybe now is a really good time now that all the COVID uh, shenanigans are pretty much gone to sleep. Is having like an apartment complex get together because there are actual barbecue things out in the back, 
And so if I could be like, hey guys, guess what? You know, meet us on Monday or whatever. We'll make it a potluck or whatever. Bring something to grill. We'll grill it up on a thing. You know, heck, maybe it could be like a little talent show of sorts. Have like an open mic or a karaoke or something. You know, something where people can, you know, get to know each other. Because I know I live in a building of dancers, musicians, writers, actors. There's a guy. Actually, I kept getting this dude's package uh, at my door. It happened twice. And it was the wrong... Um, they sent it to mine. And so uh, I looked up his name online. It turns out this guy is an actor. He's been in a few things. I found out from my apartment manager what, 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 uh, what uh, apartment number he had. And I left a little note on there and gave him his, uh, gave, gave him his uh, delivery at the door. And uh, she, um, you know, so she directed me to him and he, he came by and he's like, oh, thanks, you know, thanks for, for you know, for giving me my, my, my thing. And uh, I ended up finding out that he teaches, at, he teaches improv at Second City, which is phenomenal because I received training from Second City. In fact, I received training at Columbia College from Sheldon Patinkin, who is the artistic director of Second City, Chicago. He knew all those guys, all those actors who were on Saturday Night Live, all the actors that said to Steppenwolf, John Malkovich, and all those guys. He knew, he uh, trained those guys. Hello. He trained those guys, and uh, he trained me in improv. So it was, it's, it's great when you come across... Someone like that, who has either gone to a college you've gone to, or studied at the same, you know, same kind of method of things. You just feel there's this brotherhood, you know, a family vibe there. And uh, so I know, you know, the building has a lot of really interesting people. In fact, um, I'm sure he's not listening to this podcast, but his his name is Frank Severo. Do you remember him? Frank Severo? He was in... Goodfellas and Casino and also been in a bunch of other movies too he's like one of those actors that you just see around um, he was also in um, the Adam Sandler movie Wedding Singer the Italian guy you know tough Italian guy and uh, I'd go over there sometimes he'd ask me to go over there and help him out with stuff like he wanted me to change his IMDB photo I said Frank I, I you know you need IMDb Pro to do that, you know, I can't, I can't just do that, and, um, uh, I don't have access to that yet, now I have IMDb Pro, but it's just like, I don't have access to that, in fact, oh, well, anyway, yeah, Frank Severo used to live in the building, but, um, one quick thing, I learned that there's going to be a Blues Brothers docu-series, uh, that's going to be on. And so they're in production, uh, pre-production on this thing. So I've been searching all the names. I've been looking on IMDb Pro to find out who exactly is connected with it, who is responsible for putting it together. I'm going to email these folks and say, listen, I, I, I'm an orphan in Blues Brothers. You know, I've got a lot of stories connected with that. I would love to be in your docu-series. So who knows? We shall see. All right, we're uh, nearing the store now that I've got my, my moolah. 
I'm going to go get some batteries. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Insperato Projecto. It is uh, 919, 920 now. It is Thursday the 19th of May. And I would say for the past 10 minutes, these lights, like smudges, keep wiping through the sky while I'm simultaneously watching 2001 Space Odyssey. There's a scene in particular when the astronauts go down into this area and they're looking at this monolith. And right when they touched it, lights the lights flew through the sky and... Synchronistically, uh, the text message beep went off. I'm looking at the sky right now as I'm talking. Um, <laughs> this is... Whoa! I just saw another one. Whoa, okay. So there's some... Yeah. That's interesting. This one was not necessarily colorful. This one was a white beam. I saw earlier another beam. It was wider. This one shot off to the... The the one that just happened now. Shot off to the left. Boy, oh boy. All right. You know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to put this movie on pause. I got the two cats here. Listen. Two cats here. This is crazy. This is crazy. Look at this. There's just so much happening at this moment in time. All right. All right. I'm just gonna stay out. I'm just gonna sit outside. I'm gonna stare at the sky. And and report to you what I see here. I wonder if anyone else is noticing this. Yes, there's an airport nearby. As you could probably tell. There it is, another one, another one. Another beam. It just shot off and stopped. Bam. It's interesting because it's, inter- it's interesting because earlier I was thinking to myself when you come across something astonishing something parent there it is <gasps> it did it again what the heck it came on and it whoosh, swooped up from the to from the right whoosh, straight up bam turned off Who's behind the beam? It's like a spotlight in the sky. But it goes it goes through the whole sky. You know, usually usually uh 
Use your spotlight. You see when it ends. Smells so fresh out here. Oh, well, did it again. Oh, simultaneously. Okay, so you heard that crash, right? Synchronistically, that freaking beam went off. This one was like, oh my god. This one was kind of like diagonal to the left. Not totally to the left, but diagonal up to the left. That one kind of had like a purplish hue to it. Seriously. That happened synchronistically as that. There's another one. Beam up. That one was on flag. Oh. Is it, does it know that I know? It's got to know that I know. Okay, the one that I just now saw. saw. Oh, oh. Oh. oh my god. That one was weird. I just saw another one. That one was just like up in the sky. That was all by itself. That was like... That didn't stem from anywhere. It was just a beam. It was just a beam in the sky. That was just it. It was like in the sky, like a line to draw a line. Okay, this is fascinating. This is fascinating. Am I the only person who's seen any of this? I'm so glad I'm sharing this with you. So I'm going to try to describe these beams to you. That's what's so exciting. Another one. That one was like a diagonal up to the left. That one had a, kind of a green hue to it. I saw, oh, I just saw another one. Like up in the sky, it was like a faint smudgy. Like, but up in the sky, but it didn't stem from anywhere. Oh my God, what is going on, dude? Like, oh, there it is, another one. Oh, that one was longer. That one was a little bit longer. That was like straight up, straight in the middle. That kind of had like a, at the bottom, and it, oh. There it was, another just like beam in the sky, but it didn't come from anywhere. And plus what's going on with all these sounds that are happening all around. There's so much going on right now. Oh my gosh. The universe is talking. I swear the universe is talking. I'm so glad that I get to share this with you because who else am I going to share this with? This is happening in real time. <laughs> Look at that. You hear all those loud, like, things. <gasps> There's another one. Another beam. A shot off diagonal to the left. It's purplish in hue. <gasps> and then up in the... And then way up in the sky again. It was like it went... Like it flashed. Like it just flashed. How crazy is this? This is happening. While I'm watching 2001 Space, Space Odyssey. I was compelled to watch this movie. There it is. Another beam. Look at that. That one was a little bit longer. That one was a little bit longer. That was one of the wider ones. That one... That one came from... That one... went. Okay, so... so Like, this is weird. I'm noticing I'm noticing a pattern here. So usually there'll be, like, a shot off to the left. This time I'm going to see if I can... 
okay, you know what I gotta do? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta just stop right now and I gotta record this guy. I gotta record this guy because that's the only way that I'm gonna be able to get this. Okay, that's what I gotta do. That's what I gotta do. I gotta set up a tripod. And, um, There it was, another one. Okay, that one was off to the left. I mean, I swear, these things happen quick, dude. Okay, I'm just gonna record this guy. I gotta do it, all right? Um, thanks for listening to this episode and going through this with me. It's now 8.36 in the p.m. Oh my gosh. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. 9.29 in the p.m. Oh, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. Another one. Straight up in the sky. Okay, okay, dude, I gotta record this. All right, I'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto. It's a face palm, a face palm, a balm of calm, like an napalm bomb. It's a face palm, a face palm, crumbly malm of loamy alms. And how soon do you think you to t- t- do it again? It's a face palm, a face palm, here come alms playing Brahms and prom. And how soon do you think you to t- t- do it again? And the homes from Guam, Guam to the cable comes. Are the Grom Rom diatoms glom in their moms? It's a face palm, a face palm. The book of psalms and rhymes and rums. And how soon do you think you'll do it again? All right, this synchronicity just happened, and I and I cannot cannot ignore it, so I had to add it onto this episode. Um, by the way, it's three twelve right now. It's uh, the twenty first. I am in Solana Beach. Um, Yachtly crew is here. We're not playing until eight p.m. All right, so. This episode ended with me watching 2001 Space Odyssey. And, by the way, thank you, Henry D. Horse, for your fun fact. Thank you, Superhero, for the promo. And thank you, uh, Jay Asing from Twin Peaks, for the outro. Um, I was talking with Philly Ocean in the car on the way up here to today's event. We're playing at the uh, something Del Sol festival it's free and uh it's presented by the belly by belly up and we've played there before so on the way here i was talking to phil about a 2001 space odyssey i was talking about the monolith and then probably about a half an hour ago i'm so glad i'm recording this this is going to be the end of the the episode i was going to end it earlier but no this happened I had to document this. So, about a half an hour ago, maybe a little bit longer, 
I was standing outside of the uh, land yacht with, with Polly, and I asked him if he ever saw 2001 Space Odyssey. And I was explaining, I was talking to him about the monolith, you know, and how interesting it is. And it just puts, puts big question marks in your brain. And so I was talking with him about this, and we end up seeing a couple of people. I started shooting some footage with him, and we ended up seeing this couple out there, Joe and Lisa, who we've seen at other Yachtly Crew shows. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you guys. So we're out there talking with them and stuff. And uh, we go into the lobby, and we're talking, and more of these um, croupies, we call them, more of these Yachtly Crew folks are coming into the hotel. We're talking with them, taking photos, all this stuff. And as I'm talking, um, as we're talking with these guys, I glance behind me and I realize there is a waterfall kind of thing. This stone, sort of this waterfall thing that's up against the wall. So it's like you walk into the hotel and to your right are the desks. And then and right in front of you is like probably seven foot tall monolith. It's, it's a rectangle. And if you turn right, you go down the hall and then you get into the elevator. Well, from the side view, it's kind of wavy. It's like wavy. That's the best way I can describe it. And, but from the front of it, it looks perfectly straight up and down. And I was startled to see this. Well, I'm talking with Joe and Lisa. Um, they're all of a sudden, I see it, and I'm like, what? And I'm just surprised, you know? Especially since I was just talking about 2001 Space Odyssey. And uh, it, it, was just, it was just startling and exciting, and it made so much sense. I had to share that with you. If you've seen 2001 Space Odyssey, you know what I'm talking about um, concerning the monolith. I think you know what I'm talking about. So I had to share that with you. Thank you for listening to Inspirato Projecto. By the way, the lights, I know um, there's an airport in that direction. So it was probably something the airport was doing, but gosh, it was just like... It was so strange, you know. It just kept coming out of the corner of my eye. And this is the other crazy thing, too. Um, these are some of the synchronicities. And I don't know if I talked about these or not. I noticed that while I was watching the movie, um, I had to turn up the volume a little bit to hear what was going on. And what was interesting was when Hal started talking, Hal 9000, that's when I started seeing the lights flashing outside. And simultaneously... Um, and simultaneously, the, uh, the, um, the audio would not go down. The, the level, the volume would not go down. It was stuck at this loud volume and I had to mute it in some cases. Cause if you know that movie, they're like, like screeches and you know, it's just, there's very little dialogue in the movie. It's just mostly just these sounds. 
in this emptiness. And so, um, so I, I, I couldn't turn the volume down. And in fact, I couldn't even turn off the TV, the remote control. And I checked the batteries. I put different batteries in. It was not turning off. So um, I eventually had to unplug it. But I just thought that was kind of interesting. And this is a, quote, smart TV, unquote. So it's making me wonder, huh, something going on here? Because as you know, in the movie 2001 Space Odyssey, there's the monolith that they find in the center of the moon. And then simultaneously, there are some very strange things going haywire with the HAL 9000 uh, computer. And so I thought that was quite interesting. Um, that the seemingly paranormal thing with the lights were going on out there. And simultaneously, my smart TV was on the fritz. So I had to point that out. All right, thank you for listening. Tins Prado Projecto. Hold on a second. We're walking up to the festival now, actually. I'm going to let you hear some of this. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i stop it right now, and then I'll, I'll let you hear some of it.